We told the students we were studying the effects of alcohol on the body. Kind of the theme of this podcast. Isn't it? <laughs> Welcome to Hello PhD, a podcast for scientists and the people who love them. It's our birthday. Today on the show, we reflect on our favorite moments from the past year. Stay with us. And we're back. This is Hello PhD, episode 52. I'm Joshua Hall. And I'm Daniel Arneman. And we'll discuss the human side of science and life in the lab. Happy birthday, Daniel. Happy birthday, Josh. This is exciting. It is exciting. And by happy birthday, I don't mean our birthday. Although that is coming up. It is coming up. But I mean, it is Hello PhD's one year birthday. Yeah, we started this endeavor on July 9th of last year, 2015. And now here we are. 52 episodes in. 52 episodes in. Full deck of cards. Can you believe we did that? I cannot believe it. From our humble beginnings to our humble... And, yeah, middles. middles. <laughs> toddler years yeah. that we're entering into. Yeah, we're, we're still doing this, Dan, and still having fun, and I think still plenty of things to talk about. We have not run out yet. I think that the backlog keeps building. It does. Well, in honor of our one-year birthday... I picked up the Alpine Beer Company Hoppy Birthday Session IPA. This sounds festive. What, it, do, you, what do you see on the label there? It, well, I hope we can post a photo of this. Uh, it looks like a birthday cake made of hops. That sounds bitter. I'm not <laughs> sure anybody would eat that birthday cake. I think I'm going to try to find this for your birthday. I think you would, you would get a kick out of this. Um, so actually, this is from San Diego, California, which at first confused me because Alpine Beer Company... You know, I was thinking maybe like Rocky Mountains or... Or the Alps. Or the Alps. Well, I knew it wasn't European. Um, but then I actually did some research on my favorite website, Wikipedia, and there is an Alpine, California that is a census-designated place in San Diego County. So... What does that mean? That there are people there? Uh, maybe they have a post office. Census designated? Yeah, I don't know what that means. But anyway, this comes from San Diego County, and it's made with six different hops, although I'm disappointed they don't say which six. It's bitter, though. <laughs> like This is this is on the, the IPA end of IPAs. If you like a good, bitter IPA, this one's for you. Yeah, I'm surprised they call it a session IPA. I guess alcohol content is 5.2, but the IBUs are... Or cranking on this one. Through the roof. A little bit of candle wax in there. Very, very good. All right. Well, Dan, what I thought we could do in honor of our one-year birthday was really just take a look back at the last year and think about all of the ground we've covered and maybe just talk about some of our favorite moments from the last 52 episodes. That sounds good to me. You want to get started? Yeah, let's get started. So, so today I was going through all the different shows we've done, kind of looking over the the titles and made me think about why we did this in the first place and reflect on a little bit of have we actually accomplished any of the things we set out to do. And I don't know about you, Dan, but one of the, the reasons I wanted to do this podcast was I love science and I believe science is really important for for the world, um, for mankind, and just for our own, own interests. But the process of getting to be a scientist can be so stressful at times and Some would say broken, but, <laughs> but clearly people make it out alive. Yeah, and, and you know, that's what always frustrates me is, is, you know, people who turn away from science just because the process itself maybe has some flaws. 
Yeah, and so as we thought about the process for us, we realized we had all these unanswered questions and we really struggled as we went through grad school um, and, and even through your postdoc, I would imagine. And we thought, well, other people must be going through this too, so why can't we talk about it in a, in a more public forum, say how hard it is, and maybe get ideas from the people who have survived it about how they survived and what are the strategies. And I think that's exactly what we set out to do. Yeah, and, and we've talked about this you know, even before we started the show, but I spend a lot of time now talking with science trainees, whether they're graduate, graduate students, postdocs, or even undergraduates, and the same things they're dealing with are so similar to the things that you and I dealt with back when we were in graduate school. And, and, you know, but people don't realize that when they're going through the process, there's a tendency to think I'm the only one who's going through this right now. Yeah. It's like, I'm fighting with my PI, my dinosaur broke down on the way to work. What do I do? It's all the same kind of things we dealt with. Absolutely. And you probably heard this, Dan, there, there's two ways to not burn your hand on the stove. Yes. Don't turn it on (laughs) and make an ice mitten. No. So you could, you know, you can touch the stove and realize it's hot burn your hand and say, oh, I'm not going to do that anymore. Or someone else can tell you, hey, don't touch that. It's hot, right? And so then it prevents you from ever burning your hand, but you know not to do it. And I feel like a lot of that is the type of stuff we talk about on the show, all these pitfalls and stumbling blocks that people go through. And the more you can tell people that up front, maybe they can not have to go through, you can lessen a little bit the pain and stress that people before them have gone through. I don't know. Yeah, it, it definitely makes sense. So give us one of your one of your top moments, Josh. When I was thinking back over my favorite shows, the one that just stands out to me above all the others instantly is our interview with Dar Wilson Grant from episode 27, and that was The Road More Traveled, Stepping Off the Tenure Track. Yeah, that was such a great article that she wrote about the life that scientists are leading now and how a lot of people are choosing not to go for tenure, and it's it's stigmatized, and that's exactly what she was trying to describe in her article. Yeah, and you know, one of the things that really jumped out at me about our interview with Dara was how do you, how do you differentiate between, you know, this is hard right now, and I don't think I want to do this at all anymore. Yeah, let's hear a clip. When something is challenging, it's usually like a mixture of fear and excitement. There's that adrenaline rush, and when you step up to the challenge, even though you may like complain the whole way through, when you complete that task or that challenge, you're like, woohoo, you know? But when you know it's time to go, you step up to the challenge, you complete the challenge, and you're still empty. It didn't matter. You know, there was no adrenaline rush. There was no woohoo. It was just like, okay, I did that. And so I think it's that nagging, nagging feeling that doesn't go away. Even when, by all accounts, you should be excited about something. The paper is published, you know? You're not excited. So I I think most of us know. Like, we know. We might not be ready to deal with it yet, but we know. I think that's so rich what she just said, Dan. Uh, I've actually used that. I've told so many people that to reflect on, this is challenging, but how did I feel when I actually accomplished this? Did I feel accomplished or did I really feel neutral? And that might be very illuminating. Yeah, that should be written on one of those wall signs at Target. Like, you know, they put words about life and laughter and love. It should be that quote, because I think that's something that everybody can use, not just people in science. I totally agree. Uh, The other thing that jumped out, uh, not necessarily because maybe this 
episode was the most earth shattering, but do you remember the grad insurance episode eight? Yeah, that was crazy. It, it, it was this time when um, University of Missouri decided to cut the insurance for all of their graduate students like the next day or, or two days later. And Twitter erupted, obviously, but we watched it as it unfolded. And it was almost like being part of the story because we were trying to understand how the rules had changed and how it was being affected. And I know you, you found some interviews during that time. Yeah, I remember where I, <laughs> I remember where I was when I first heard about the grad insurance debacle at at Mizzou. I, I was actually working in a coffee shop that morning, and we were going to record that night, I believe, anyway. And <laughs> and I remember we were we were chatting back and forth, and we had a different topic, and we were talking about like, man, this insurance thing blew up. We should cover this. So we were only eight episodes in, and and we just in that moment switched topics. Yeah, the day you know, of. I think it was just our, our rich journalism training and our <laughs> instincts as reporters, right? No, that's what oh, I felt no, like. We have taken zero class. Like we're, we're chasing the big story. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're like report the report team. Your eye in the sky, Dan we, and Josh. <laughs> we smelled smoke and we followed it is what happened. Uh, but that, you know, that was a really, really interesting thing to follow. And, you know, I just had fond memories of, of that experience. Not fond memories of grad students getting their insurance taken away. That was not cool. Turned out all right, didn't it? I think it did. Uh, the other, the other one that stands out to me was the postdoc straight talk episode thirteen, where we interviewed all these different postdocs just to really get a more holistic view of what it's like to be a postdoc these days. And it was just, I don't know, so illuminating to hear the similarities in the experiences from institution to institution that fo- postdocs were facing, and all the things I wish I had known as a graduate student that, as postdocs reflected, they talked about the strategies they wished they had used. Uh, where was that when I needed it? Yeah, there was so much wisdom there. And the thing I remember is nearly every postdoc said how important it was and how much they wished they would have spent more time doing developmental things outside of the lab, spending time thinking about their career and gaining these skills that weren't just lab skills. Yeah, but you never feel like you can justify it when you're a graduate student. Yeah, yeah. So... I think that's a great one, especially for grad students to go back and listen to um, as episode number 13. I think we got to do that every year. I mean, it's really the the zeitgeist of how postdocs are feeling. And it's changing so rapidly with with the way that uh, labor laws are changing in the coming year and um, funding and things like that. It's it's just really going to develop quickly. So we need to, to keep up with it, I think. Yeah, I think that's definitely something we should revisit. Can I tell a quick story from our early recording days that has nothing to do with an episode? <laughs> Please do. So when we started recording, we did the first few episodes uh, in my house before we got this fancy studio. And I remember we were very dedicated to making sure we eliminated all background noise. Do you remember this? <laughs> I do remember this. So I know where you're going. <laughs> I had to make sure that my family was quiet and I had to make sure that you know nothing was plugged in. And one of the things that is plugged in where we were recording was this extra refrigerator we had full of, you know, frozen food and beer and whatever we had for the show. The beer fridge. The beer fridge. So, religiously, we unplugged this thing before the recording. I don't think it made a single bit of difference. But, of course, one of the times I left it unplugged for a week or two, <laughs> and I came back to find all the frozen stuff totally disgusting. Yeah, we don't worry about that stuff. Yeah, it makes zero difference whatsoever. That's right. It wasn't good food anyway. It's fine. <laughs> You know, beyond beyond talking to postdocs, the other thing that I've really found illuminating from the last year 
are all the people we've talked to who've gone beyond their training and are actually in careers now. I mean, we talked to, I remember, a tenure track PI, Natasha Snyder. We talked to our friend Laura, who's a consultant. Um, Shannon Jones, who has a teaching type career in academia, just all these different people and all these different careers. And the unifying factor that I've seen is they're all so happy in their career now. And a lot of them had really traumatic graduate school experiences or training experiences along the way. But yeah, it wasn't always an easy road for sure. Now, there's probably some selection bias here because people who are continuing to be miserable probably don't want to be interviewed on a podcast. But I think they are great examples of, of people who maybe loved grad school, maybe didn't, maybe loved their postdoc, maybe didn't. But when they found that thing that they wanted to do, it, it really clicked and, and they're making a cool life out of it. Yeah. And I think, you know, if there's a nugget to take from that, it's realizing when you're a trainee, when you're in grad school, especially that is a very finite period of time. That's a temporary, that's a temporary stop along the way. And so even if there's some specific challenges at the moment while you're in grad school, realize that's not your whole future. This is just a stepping stone. And before you blink your eyes, you're going to be transitioning somewhere else doing something that's probably a lot more fulfilling than what you're doing right now. It can't get worse. (laughs) Uh, And you know, another thing... Grad school jokes. I feel like I've learned so much this year. And we spent a lot of time as grad students and postdocs reading papers about our science. But in the last year, we've really covered a lot of ground as far as looking at research and literature about the science culture and about the training environment more broadly that I found really fascinating. Yeah, we've we've fired a few shots at the the institution of science about the way publishing works. Um, you know, we did a, a show that I really enjoyed about SciHub and some of the ways that uh, literature is being pirated. We did some shows about how there's gender bias in science, about how the GRE is not a great predictor of who's going to be successful, you know, looking at how many postdocs there are. It's all these things. I feel like we have tiptoed around the edge of the problem, and and I'm really interested in continuing some of those conversations to try and find actual solutions to uh, those issues. Yeah, and that is a great transition, Dan, into, I guess, looking ahead uh, and where we hope to go over the next year. I want all our listeners to know we have a year under our belts. We've covered a lot of ground. You know, we're in this for the long haul. We're committed to to keep doing this. We've got a lot of things we still want to cover. And I think you're right. We have only scratched the surface of what it's like to be a science trainee and what some of the, the challenges and issues are. And I hope moving forward, maybe that's something we can start to do is is really begin some real conversations about if we've identified what some of the problems are, what are some potential solutions? Because I think not that anyone who makes any real decisions listens to us and is going to make changes that way, but maybe we've developed quite a core group of listeners across the country and across the world. If these are conversations we can all start having in our own little spheres, maybe we can move the needle a little bit. Yeah, and and part of that is probably getting... Um, some of the the leaders in the field on the show. So if we can do some more of this hard-hitting journalism that we're really famous for, I think. You know, Francis Collins, you've got an open invitation to be on the show anytime you want. Francis Collins, if you're out there, uh, bring your favorite beer. You're paying. We'll be here. (laughs) We'll be here. You know, another thing, Dan, and this is kind of is going in the total opposite direction. I mean, we've been talking about really wanting to make some progress on some of these really big issues in, in the science world. But I would like to also make sure we don't lose sight of something else that I really hope to accomplish doing this podcast. And that was just to really hear people's stories and hear about day to day. What are people dealing with? And, you know, I think one of the things I envisioned this show being early on was almost like 
a car talk for for graduate school and, and for people working in the lab. So can certainly tackle these really big institutional type issues. But I would love just to hear, you know, what really annoying or quirky things are going on in the lab right now. Because, you know, we heard this really hilarious story from Craig about the radioactive <laughs> waste that was tracked all over town. Hilarious, and, horrifying, kind of all mixed together. <laughs> you know, forgetting to put the rotor on the ultracentrifuge. Oh, and, no. You know, I want to hear those stories. So really please don't hesitate if you're out there, if you're a listener and just something random happened to you or there's just, you know, maybe the, the senior grad student gives you dirty looks every time you, you move her pipette men. We want to hear about that stuff too. Like just what, what's the human side of science? What are the things we're dealing with on a day-to-day basis to kind of share in those, those stories? Yeah, a lot of interesting people, a lot of quirky people, a lot of just plain weird people are attracted to science. And I'm sure there's more out there that we want to hear. Absolutely. And and that just underscores, you know, this show is Dan and I talking a lot of the time. We bring in a lot of guests that we think you guys will find interesting. But we want to hear from you. This show is really for you. And so if there are things that we haven't talked about that you want to talk about, we absolutely want your ideas. We want to talk about what you want to talk about. So please don't hesitate to email us, podcast at hellophd.com. All of our emails are routed through our own private server. <laughs> that was a Hillary Clinton joke. Oh, man. I did not even get that Okay, one. well, I'll delete that out. That no, leave it in. Flopped. That's great. So you can tweet at us. We love that, at hellophd. We have our Facebook page, comments on the show notes, whatever you want to do. Um, just get in touch with us. We, we really do enjoy hearing from you. And one thing, Dan, along those lines, I mentioned you know, we're committed to doing this for the long haul. We're really... The feedback's been great. The listenership's been growing. It's been really exciting to meet so many of you, talk to so many of you um, who are listening to the show really across the world. That's been pretty cool. And so we're trying to think about how to make this as sustainable as possible. And as you know... We bought carbon offsets this week (laughs) for all the carbon dioxide in our beer. How are we going to make it more sustainable, Josh? Well, our regular listeners of the show know, Dan, you had a baby recently. We both... I did? You did. Oh, wow. Why are you not there right now? That's a great question, Josh. <laughs> uh, yeah, we both have... He'll listen to this when he's 25 <laughs> and sing the cats in the cradle to me or something. That's right. You know, we, we both have jobs and families and, and not yet are we fully supporting ourselves from podcasting. So what we're going to do is after this year, we've got a year of episodes in, we're going to transition into new episodes every other week. Would that be... Bi-weekly? Is it semi-annually? No. No, we're definitely not doing semi-annually. Okay, great. We've narrowed it down. I think bi-weekly. Yeah, that seems right. Uh, every two weeks. We're going to put out an episode every two weeks. Uh, every fortnight. Can we do every day, every <laughs> fortnight? And you know, one thing that I've actually heard from more than a few listeners is with this weekly show having a hard time keeping up. So I have that problem with podcast. I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I'm sure you do too. And having something come out every week that's 20 or 30 minutes it's impossible to keep up with it. And then you just get underwater and you're like, I don't want to listen to any of them. So I think we're going to give a little bit of breathing room, um, which is going to buy us some time to do more interviews and more coordination around uh, getting people onto the show. And and also more time for you to listen, write in your questions. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, so we have lots of great content already on the docket for the next year. Have no fear. We will be back at you um, every two weeks in the coming year. And Dan, the last thing I really want to say, and we'd be remiss to not say this, is thank you so much to all of you out there who've listened to the show. I'm doing a heart emoji right now. (laughs) And it's been really cool to see there's been more and more of you each month. And that's been so heartening. 
that more and more people are listening and we're hearing from you. And I'm blown away. Some of the places where our listeners are from, we've heard from people, not just in the United States, but all over the world. And that's super exciting and kind of crazy, um, I think. But obviously, Dan, I don't think we'd keep doing this without, without our listeners. You know, I think we would keep getting together and have these conversations well, without have, listeners. Yeah, we have. That's the whole point. We yeah. just wouldn't record it. Yeah, that's true. Or maybe we would from now on. It's so easy. <laughs> we got the setup. And we would definitely drink beer. Yes, we would. No, we get emails every week. I mean, it really is cool. It's It feels like we are plugged into that community. And um, people tell us stories that are personal and they are um, sensitive and, and they're you know, important for their lives. And it's just amazing to me that we're able to really carry on this conversation across the, the interwebs. And along those lines, Dan, we want to invite more and more people into the conversation. So if you enjoy the show, if you've enjoyed it for the last year or just the last week, we want to spread the word and help us do that. So tell a friend, tell people in your lab, uh, tell your department, whatever, uh, invite, invite them into the conversation as well. And we will look forward to hearing from them and talking with them. Well, Dan, one one year in, one thing that's not going to change is the etymology puzzle. We have not run out of words. That is pretty impressive. I think there are many more words than fifty-two. I think you're right. Although when I when I introduced this idea, it's like Josh, I'm going to do an etymology. I think we both sort of thought in the back of our heads, like mm, that's going to get old after number three, and maybe it has. I don't know, but I'm still interested because I'm still learning words. Yeah, and I don't. You know, I don't want to come across as a hater, but I was a little skeptical about the etymology puzzle. You pretty much said no, and I said, let's just try it. <laughs> and, and you know what? Uh, and actually, people who listened to the earliest episodes, it wasn't a game at the beginning. No, it was, the, the puzzle came later. Yeah, well, you would say, here's the word, and here's what it means in the same episode, and you added the game portion a few episodes in. And I've been impressed to see the number of people sending in responses has really gone up. Not only sending in responses, but people are writing puzzles of their own and sending them, which I think is really fun. Which we also would gladly accept. Yes, still do. So send me your puzzles if you have a good science word and you know how the game works. Send a puzzle along. Well, I'm sure our listeners are itching to know about last week's puzzle. I will read the clue one more time. It is, though this fish genus is native to the rice fields of India, you might find them in a nearby lab. Do you have any guesses? I do, Dan, because... Any lab-based fish? You're actually a, an aquarist, aquariumist. What is, that, what is that called? Yeah, I actually have some of these fish in the aquarium at my house. And, and not even in a lab. That's very good. So what is the name of the genus? Do you remember? Uh, I believe this is the, the zebrafish, and that's Danio. That is absolutely correct. Um, model organism, I think you've worked with them before, probably. Yeah, I have. I in my role, in my current role, doing science outreach with high school students, we actually developed this uh, experiment using zebrafish that I think was pretty pretty entertaining. We told the students we were studying the effects of alcohol on the body, and they had... It's kind of the theme of this podcast, isn't it? <laughs> That's true. That's really what we're studying. Uh, it's a double blind. I'm danny and you're Joshio. <laughs> Just Josh and you, danny and anyway, uh, so the students can use zebrafish to come up with an experiment to test the effects of alcohol. And so what they end up doing is putting zebrafish in different concentrations, low concentrations of alcohol, and then they monitor their swimming. And what's really crazy is uh, the zebrafish who absorb the alcohol through their gills, uh, at 0%, they swim around just fine. At a low concentration, they actually 
get buzzed and they swim faster. And then when the concentration gets high enough, they start to swim slowly and upside down. (laughs) But yeah, it was pretty crazy how well it tracked with with our own patterns of reactivity to alcohol. (laughs) I hope you took their keys away and called an Uber. That doesn't (laughs) sound safe. Well, and that's how I got the zebra fish in my aquarium at home. After So I bought the fish at the local pet store. And when we were done with the experiment, I brought them all home and, and... let them live in, in my house, in my so aquarium. Well, very good. Well, the name Danio comes from uh, Bangla, which is uh, one of the Indian dialects. And the word Dani means of the rice field. So, you know, I love it if we can come up with a word origin that is not from Greek or Latin. And, and we succeeded this week. Yeah, that's great. Dan, I bet we had a winner for this one this week. We sure did. It was Julia from the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Congratulations, Julia. Julia, thanks for playing. Live long and prosper. We will send an Amazon gift card, and I've got a clue this week, and it is a little bit more difficult. So in honor of our birthday, I wanted to read the clue that I first came up with for the word origin puzzle. This was, you know, we had been doing the show for a couple of weeks, and I was doing a crossword puzzle, like you do. Uh, and one of the crossword puzzle answers was one of the roots of the word that I'm, I'm going to do now. And I thought, oh, wouldn't it be fun if you had to figure out the, the root word? So here you go. Here's how it all began. Here's how it all began. I've been saving it because it's a little bit tricky. This blood component loves the color of the dawn. I'll read it one more time. This blood component loves the color of the dawn. Remember, I'm looking for a scientific word described by the clue, and once you get it, you'll find that the literal meaning of that science word is a phrase in the clue itself. If you think you know the answer, email it to puzzle at hellophd.com, and I will randomly select a winner from all the correct responses and send the lucky puzzler an Amazon gift card. All right, Dan. Thanks for a great show. Thanks for a great year. It has been a lot more fun and, and a lot more unexpected, I think, than, than we planned on, but um, I'm ready to keep doing it. Me too. As we said, we would love to hear from you. So if you have an idea for a future show or a comment on a past show, you can email us, podcast at hellophd.com. You can tweet at us at hellophd or send us a message on the Facebook page. If you want to help us buy beer for the future, you can go to our website, hellophd.com, and click through the Amazon banner when you do your Amazon shopping, and you will pay the same price you always do, and it's a way you can give us money without really giving us money. I like that. Uh, Josh, i got to wish you a very happy birthday. This is a good beer. Happy birthday to you too, Dan, and here's to our second year. Right, we'll see you in a couple of weeks.